What does it take to become an elite 40k player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40k Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is episode eight of the podcast. We are very glad you're able to join us today. For those of you just joining us, the goal of this podcast is to interview a player who has taken one loss at a major GT. The whole purpose is we learn the most from our losses. So we're trying to analyze what they did right, what they did wrong in the game, what they plan to do moving forward. We bring on the most elite players in the game. We break down their mistakes. We talk about it. And we, you know, we just really deep dive into it. How often have you blamed a loss on bad dice? I mean, we all have. So let's just jump right into the episode. This episode, we are going to be journeying back to ACO. We're doing it again. It's the largest event since COVID. It has a huge pool of top players just beating the tar out of each other. And it's the perfect pool of players for this show. Before we go much farther, I'd like to do a quick clarification. Adam Camilleri is not dead. I believe at the end of my last episode, I said the late and great Adam Camilleri. He is late to events, but still great, but not dead. This is part one of the episode. So in this episode, we'll be analyzing the game. We'll be discussing common mistakes. We'll be talking about the secondaries. We'll be talking about target priority and just overall strategy. In part two, we're going to be diving into the strategy adjustments, all the different things that our our guest plans to adjust as he moves forward in the meta and uh, based on kind of the loss that he went through. My co-host today is often confused as the owner of Outback Steakhouse because he is the master of the Blooming Death Onion. He's undefeated versus Chaos. He has never lost a game versus Chaos, not even one. He's the nine-time Team USA member. He's done a lot of stuff at Adepticon. He may or may not have won one or two, maybe come in second, third. I'm not sure. He's, he's done some things. He's a three-time top eight LVO finisher. He's won the Armed Forces GT this year, and he is the current 2021 ACO champion, Mr. Brad Chester. Yay, except for the fact that uh, it's too soon for the chaos. The Fire Raptor still haunts my dreams. <laughs> Brad, did you beat our guest twice at ACO? This is not Nick Nanavati, so I don't know what's going on here. Well, I, I, the thing is, is that we had some of the crazy, our game, my, bleh, my road there was so insane. One, Tom's my ride home. So not only did I have to win against him, but I also had to convince him not to throw me out in the street once we left Atlantic City. So our, I actually think we should focus on the, the second game because the, the first game, we played a game in round six and both of us were so concerned about scoring our own points that we literally drove around each other in a weird reverse flank. I'll let him talk more about that. It was just hilarious, though. We played battle lines, and both of us literally went, he went up, I went down, and we were just like, neither one of us was willing to engage because we knew we had to score a lot to make sure we got into the top eight. So we're playing this weird game of keep away while trying to get to the other person's backfield. It was one of the funniest games I've ever played. I'm I'm real excited to hear about this, actually. This is one I've been pretty interested in ever since I kind of heard about it. Obviously, they didn't have a stream for that game, so I uh, didn't get a look at it. But um, we'll dive right into our guest. Is. Our guest today is a pillar of the community. He's won multiple major events. He recently won the Red River GT. He was a third-place finisher at ACO, Mr. Thomas Ogden. Thomas, tell us about the last time you lost a game. 
uh, at ACO. <laughs> well, don't, don't, don't remember to give him your full title because he is the Grand Poobah of Death or Glory. Uh, I mean, I, I'm one of the people who owns Death or Glory. Um, it's an organization slash community. Uh, we're, we're pretty big in the Midwest. Uh, we run a lot of events. Our events sell out a lot. Um, we actually got four super majors planned for next year. We ran one major this year um, that was very close to major, but with COVID restrictions, we couldn't actually get into that super major bracket. 60 people on the wait list. Um, I, I've had a lot of people tell us we have the best training they've ever seen in tournaments ever because we put um, a lot of time, effort, and uh, money into our train. That's what we kind of like want to be known for and our sportsmanship. Um, but uh, before ACO, um, the last game, I, I actually I didn't lose any games with that list I've been running lately. It's been through three GTs now. Killing with that. Uh, two <laughs> RTGs. He, he's been here, here. I'll tell you how well Tom before ACO was doing. We were playing in a RTT, and he's yelling at me from across the the building. Why am I lowballing? Why am I trying to <laughs> submarine? Uh, after I scored a ninety-seven, he's like, "Those are rookie numbers, man. You can't be putting that up." I mean. I, I was joking with them. me and Brad are friends, um, and we're at the RTT where we're the only two. I don't want to trash anyone else because they're not they're not bad, but we're the only two like perennial like major winners. So um, for him not to score 100 points to not face me, I was joking with him. Uh, obviously, I don't think I don't think he's the type that loves submarine, but yeah, I uh, I made some jokes at him. But uh, my list is very efficient. I mean, for like two or three months, people were trashing it on the internet until I started winning all these events. And because uh, they don't think it's a very good list, and uh, but when you ask Brad, I think the average time I play a game is like forty-five minutes. Um, they got to figure the ACO, even with one loss, you tied you tied for the top points in the entire yeah. uh, bracket. I think that your list gets a ten out of ten on cool factor, though. I mean, you took all the sweet characters on Dark Angels, and I I, I appreciate that. Oh, I love them. They're great. They're hyper-efficient for their points. Well, let's run through your list real quick and tell you why we brought Because I I think that a lot of people, until they see the list on the board, they don't understand the the movement of it. And the fact that in in 40K right now, I think that movement is just one of, if not the key factor in winning the game right now. If you can out-maneuver your opponent, you always have a chance to win. So why don't you kind of just run us down top to bottom, but tell us exactly why you brought some of those things. Before we jump into the list here, for those who didn't listen to the previous episode, can we just get a quick rundown of what ACO is? How many people are there and all that, where it's at, and just the event in general? Well, it's the biggest event we've had this year from an ITC standard. It's It was like 260 people, massive venue. Yeah, I think, you know, getting into a time a year where we don't have ITC really going on, there's no Adepticon, LVO was canceled. Um it's a super major, right? You have to have at least 205 people. Only been a few events that's, that's come close to that, and it's the only one that's sold out so far this year. So, yeah, I mean, you had a lot of top players. Um, you had uh, the Art of War crew there. Like, all of them were there. You had some of um, Nick's crew there. Some people from, all people from basically from East Coast to West Coast. A lot of big names were there. Um, so, you know, Reese and Frankie's one, probably, like, their, their biggest event of the year. Um, Lone Star has a chance of being up there, but I think they're not selling as much as they were at ACO for some reason. Um, but massive pool of players um, from anywhere. Uh, Sean Naden, uh, number one ITC, and Brad Chester, number two ITC right now. Um, and and I, uh, a couple other people in the top ten were there already. So it's it's, it's it was like the who's who. Um, basically, there was a lot of good players there. It oh, was yeah. crazy. <clears throat> it, was, it was a brutal, brutal uh, player, <clears throat> player list there. Yet, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't think of anyone really that who wasn't there that's that's been prominent lately. 
What's um, crazy is uh, there are so many good players there that I think we have like five or six people from ACO talking about ACO on the Art of War network, like on the competitive podcast network, like uh, podcast this week. Like we have like six six episodes on it. You know, it's crazy. Oh, so it was just it literally it was one of the I, I said it was the toughest toughest event I've ever played in as far as every single game was just tough. And I think that's because there was just so many good players there because they, were, everybody was just wanting to go out, you know, talk, play some games, talk to their friends, people they haven't seen. And there's a lot of people that I hadn't seen in almost two years. You know what I mean? I think yep. people were just came out for that. Yep. Thomas, uh, why don't you go ahead and just now, now's the time. Just tell us about your list. Um, well, the, the list is really, it's a scalpel list. It's not a hammer list. A lot of people didn't understand it when they look at it and they go, it's a trash list because they don't understand this mechanic. Like, um, And the funny thing is like, we were sitting at uh, ACO and I'm sitting at a table. It's me, Brad, and John Lennon and a couple other people. And Brad like, yeah, go ahead and say what you want to say now, John, because even like top players like John Lennon thinks my list is bad. But Brad's like, he's like, you got to understand this mechanic and how it's built around. Um, and, and the reason I call it the scalpel, because if it's not piled right, if it separates too quick, if you push it forward too fast, um, it'll collapse. Like you have to know what its strengths, um, what it's built to do, um, and it's it's really built in, in two detachments. You have the first company, which is Azzy, Ezekiel, and three command squads. <clears throat> the command <laughs> command squads are really there: two terminators, one thirty arm storm shield, one lightning claw, to basically go up the board, be a little bit durable. Like people don't understand about six wounds, at a two up save with the four up invuln. Um, permanently transhuman, it's hard to get rid of, especially when we have so many of the threats on the board. Um, and it protects all my characters, right? So, like, when I play them, I don't play them together. They're, they're spread out amongst the board for my fast-moving characters can bounce between them and always have that bodyguard rule. Um, and then going into the next attachments, really where, like, the meats and potatoes of my list is, and that's going to be Sammy, um, two Talon Masters, nine attack bikes with multi-multis, <laughs> head ACO, and had a regular bike squad with a multi-multi attack bike attached to it. Um, two uh, vengeances, which are the dark speeder or the dark angels land speeders with the big plasma cannons on them and a heavy bolter, and uh, that's about it. The, the, um, the unit that John and I got in an oh, argument the on the Astartes clinic already yep. t- this week or last week. Say? I said the unit that uh, Lennon and I got into an argument again about again this week at the Astartes clinic. <laughs> what, what was that? The vengeance. He just hates it, oh, and I I kept going. So good. I hate it. You'll you'll hate it until you get shot in the face and they pop the strat for plus one damage. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're so reliable, we'll go into why they're so good in a minute when we break down the list. Um, but the list was literally built um, <clears throat> so because of one person. That's Brad Chester. Um, I was playing Dark Angels for a bit, which was a Terminator brick and some dark, some Ravenwing elements, some dark Deathwing elements. And it's done well. I, 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 you know, I think me and Brad played two games of Dark Angels before that. I won one, and we basically tied one. But they were always close games. Like they were never, never, no one ever ran away those games. And then Jukari comes out, right? And we played because me and Brad we live what thirty minutes apart from each other, so we're practice. You know, we play a lot with each other. He played Jukari against me one time and just curbed the living shit out of my list, and it just destroyed my list. Like he, like that Terminator brick. Everyone says it's like very, it's like the unmovable object. Brad's like, yeah, get that out of here. I don't need, I don't want that around here. And just picked it up. So I mean, it was like, okay, cool. Like, I can't play against Jukari now. So this list is pretty much dead. What can I do against Jukari? And I was like, the one thing I, I need is I need some durability for a first turn in case I don't get to move yet or get shot. That's what Azzy's in there for. But I need speed. Speed and firepower. 
Um, it's always been like a, a thing I've always built a lot of my list around is speed. Um, and I agree with Brad. Like the game, the game really won. If you got, if you can out speed, out maneuver your opponent, you're generally going to win more times than you lose. Um, <clears throat> so the way it's built, the attack bikes get deployed within three inches of uh, Apothecary. You got Azzy, Ezekiel in there. Spread out the command squads. Talon Masters can literally be right in the open as long as you put, like, if your opponent doesn't have ignore line sight or super fast speed, you put, like, command squad behind a wall that can't be targeted. Put a Talon Master in front of them where they open days, you know, at all, but they still can't be targeted because of bodyguard rule. You know, it doesn't matter if you're closer to that Talon Master or not. You can never target them at range. You have to basically charge them. So, a lot of the most infuriating things in the game is the Talon Master just <laughs> sitting there taunting yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and one of them, if you charge him, he's shooting you in with 18 shots, sitting on twos in Overwatch. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but that core gets deployed, so like people don't even realize like how durable that core is. Um, like Even in the, in, the, in the Dark Technomancer rage, where everyone's like all these mass flamers and stuff, you, you shoot me with two of those flamers, you can average seven shots, right? You're going to get an average of 3.5 wounds. We'll just say you got four wounds for a higher average here. I'm going to make two of my four-ups, right? And then it's two damage each. I mean, I get four funeral pains. Chances are, mathematically, you're going to roll at least one six. So not even double rack would the, the strongest shooting in the game with those flamers kill an attack bike on average. Not to mention, if you start factoring the command reroll, that can get, you know, if he you, if you rolls low, even if you hot rolls them, because the only wounds me on four still, because I'm toughness five, like, it's super durable. It gets lances or anything else, like elite shooting. I have four wounds until Admech. I think Admech will probably be able to peel through it quite easily, honestly. But uh, anything else, it's super durable, that four-pin foam, feel no pain, four wounds each. Um, and the fact that I can revive a guy in the very next turn, heal up the two other guys. like, And, and it's all about when I deploy them, I try to take train to my advantage. And, and Brad's seen this multiple times, especially in our games. I'll deploy where you can see a squad, but you won't get to see that third attack bike. They're, I always try to hide that third attack bike in range, band piece train where if I have to pull two of them, you're not going to be able to shoot that last dude if I try to save them. So a lot of people, they, they underestimate the durability of the, the units, their movement. They move My slowest <coughs> moving unit, turn one, is 23 inches. With Sammy and Azzy, two of those squads, yeah, they hit on fours, but they're going to have full rerolls. So you're still getting six uh, out of six shots. You're still getting four to five hits. Um, and uh, just Talmasters rule ones the wounds. Like It's so much firepower that moves so fast. You can't hide from it. It's super durable until you get into melee. Um, that's not very durable <laughs> in melee, but in shooting, like it's unbelievably strong. Um, and so you're just controlling the pace of the from. game the whole time. What'd you say? You're just controlling the pace of the game the whole time. Cause you're moving so quickly, and you yeah. just have so much firepower on that mobility. Hundred um, percent. That's why, like my average game, like there was a game at uh, was it Vermilion or was it uh, Red River, Brad? The, the deploy game. Red River. When he that- Tom <laughs> showed up during my deployment, and goes. Oh, what's going on, man? And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm I'm done. I'm like, I'm about to start turn one. He's like, you should hurry up. I want to get some food. And no, so I want to drink. We we're, were kind of drunk at the time. I was like, I want to get some more drinks. He's like, dude, my game just started. Like, that's not even 25 minutes in the round. Yeah, my game's over. Like, um, even at ACO, I'm playing, t- you know, games. Uh, I think the only games I went the distance um, was not, uh, Sean Aiden's game and Chester's game. And, and then our, our first game, we didn't even go to this. We were still done in like an hour and 15 minutes, and we walked away three times to get drinks in the middle of that game. Um, it was just true, super true, fast, true. moving, um, fun. 
I think I think to quote the 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 head judge at that that tournament at ACL, he goes, I don't think I've ever seen a top table because we were table one, top table last round going in the the final aces. I don't think I've ever seen a top table be so chill, so autopilot, and so enjoyable before. You guys are just joking, laughing, and just playing your game. And you guys were not even a rush out. You like walked away slowly, walked to the bar, and walked back like just all the time in the world. Like it's, it was actually quite enjoyable to watch your guys' game. So, um, but that's that the, the the point of the list is. If I don't, I love going second with the list because once again, until admit, no shooting really scared me because I can deploy far back enough that not everything of yours is going to be able to threaten me. No first turn charges, not even with the twenty seven inch shenanigans that uh, sisters used to be able to do. Um, most of your shooting is not going to be able to get me. Like with te- dark technomancers, you have to do that fire and fade basically with the um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the raider. The to raider get up. You can get yep. one squad on me if you want. <clears throat> stays together, it's durable, revive stuff, and the firepower it shoots back is just, it's scary. Um, tell me, Brad, the, you, the, tell why don't you remind everyone why you chose a couple of those things. Like, the, the vengeances don't get taken that lot. You took Azrael and Samuel, actually. So give me a couple, like, just whys that we took a couple of the things before we get into the thing. And then we'll talk about, obviously, we'll go into part two. We'll go, we'll get to the future <laughs> of the list, because obviously we got some point hikes. Yeah. Um, well, as he's one of the linchpins of the list, period, he gives me that four pinball to everyone in shooting within six inches. So you basically starfish everything within six inches of him. And um, Dark Angels can get a five up on Ravenwing on the first turn, even if they go first, because it's if you, you you have to stay still in your previous moving phase. And since you don't have a previous moving phase, you don't count as staying still. So you still get the five up. But as he makes it a four up. A seventeen percent um, increase of saves is drastic. It's 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 a lot of people don't realize <coughs> how much of a swing that is <coughs> when you're trying to keep things durable. Especially if you look at like, the dark tech dimensions we just talked about. Instead of making two of those saves or those potentially four wounds, you're making one, and that's even if you make a six up, you're at least l- at least losing one bike per squad shooting you. So he's very important. Um, sorry for coughing, by the way, but Ezekiel is very important in the list as well, but people don't realize it. Because <clears throat> that list had one natural obstacle and rights of war. So when you're playing a list that's not a lot of obsec, it's about how can I take obsec away from you? So that power <clears throat> a lot of those matchups is really important. So if I can if I can take one objective myself, I blow you off another objective, and I take obsec away from you and just throw something on there, I could take three objectives, especially on the five objective mission, that's huge. So people don't understand that like he's so and you don't even need line of sight for that, but you're just like twenty four inches, no obsec for you. Throw throw my one bike squad on there that has opsec, take the objective from you, um, and then the I just fact, I swim. And the cast fact one. that he knows all three powers and oh, yeah. can cast two, and he's plus one to cast all those powers. Yes, and and it's low casting cost as well. Um, and the other good part has eighteen inches. I pick a unit. Don't have need line sight. You take a mortar wound just for funsies, and oh by the way, you fight last. So why that's important is I talked about in the beginning my list. Um, it's not durable against melee. So if if you have like a Vanguard squad that's gonna get a turn a charge on me next turn, I make you fight last, you charge into me, I fight before you for free, and then I send two CP and my squad runs away for 14 inches. They just leave combat after they swing at you. So it, a lot of people didn't understand that that type of combo existed. And the one thing is you can ask any of my opponents, I'm not a gotcha player. Um I will tell them before the game and I'll even warn them like you're running your Vanguard just for you knowing. Your turn, they're gonna when I get my turn, I'm gonna make you fight last. Just so FYI, like that's just the type of person I am. But it's it's just an equalizer. Like when I can't take hits against fast moving heavy melee units, just make you fight last, swing at you, run away. Um so he's really good. Um 
Sammy and <coughs> Azzy can both give uh, Chapter Master rerolls. So um, when you're talking about I hit on fours because I'm going to be advancing my attack likes with the Dark Angel um, Chapter traits, giving them full rerolls is massive because I go from all of a sudden having three hits out of six multi gunshots to average like 4.5. Which is, we'll say five, because we're just up, we're going to bring all the average up, just good or bad, let's just, right? Let's just say so, because Tom hits more than he's not going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter so, what dice he uses. You're like, use my dice, Tom. Your dice are amazing, Brad. They're yeah. not amazing. When I had them, I hate yeah. you. <laughs> um, honestly, on that note real quick, I really believe, <laughs> there's been a lot of tests, that having like a good faith in something going to happen or, or, or positive vibes about it, always brings a better outcome. I honestly believe I'm going to roll well every time, and I just literally roll well every every time. It's very rare I roll bad. Um, even like I like, like in one of mine and Brad's games before I was playing against uh, Evermillion, I, I just rolled one attack bikes. I missed every single shot, and Brad's like, thank God for that. I was like, oh, Chapter Master, don't worry, I'm going to make every one of these now, and rolled it, and then made all of them with his dice. So you're just putting <laughs> so, it out there in the universe. Yeah, you're putting that positive energy, positive oh, yeah. dice vibes, and <laughs> oh, I, I like it. I dig it. And, uh, so that's why they're there. Not to mention Sammy could be um, very fast. Moves, I think, 15 inches off the top of my head naturally by himself. Um, can still charge, has fly. Um, he counts as basically a thunder hammer without the minus one hit the turns he charges. Um, got a plasma cannon, <coughs> mastercraft, <laughs> and uh, eight bolter shots. So he's 100% worth his points. Three attack bikes, obviously. Um, t- 23 inches of movement first turn. Um, can shoot multi-guns and they, and they move that fast. So you're looking at, like, what, 48 inches, 47 inches of maximum threat range of my multi-meltas. Um, looking at, like, 35 inches with the plus two bonus still. Um, and then the vengeances. Like, <clears throat> for my list, um, target party is so important. Um, <clears throat> Brad saw that in our first game of Drakari and my Dark Angels. Uh, you're gonna. Sh- I'm gonna shoot my one of my vengeances first. Pop the strategy, make it high damage, and uh, like I think mathematically, seven point five eight times out of ten, I'm gonna pop a raider by itself before anything else, just with that one vengeance, right? Pop a raider, then I start to activate the multi multi attack bikes. And the reason why it's important is because I can now start taking my full reroll bolters and putting them into Jakari toughness three un- uh, models. So hitting on fours for full rerolls, wounding on threes, rerolling ones. While the melting guns are now firing at vehicles and popping them. So as I'm removing the raiders, I'm either removing his troops with it or dwindling them down where they're not really effective, right? Um, and hopefully I can get them down doing enough to where I can start picking up the characters next with the Talon Masters. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's that type of target prey you're looking at the list. And those vengeance are so key. Not to mention uh, against Dark Angel Terminators, against Death, uh, Death Guard Terminators, or anything that has that minus one damage. Um, or if they don't have, if it's a vehicle, <laughs> you're like, yeah, this thing's four damage flat. You're like, what? Yeah, it's it's four damage flat up to six shots, you know, 2d3 shots. Strength nine, AP three, like, they do work. And for only 120 points, and, and the best part about them, which people like, I'm not going to say their names, but some people, they underestimate them, is they're so cheap that even if I have to throw them away for engage or to move block, I will do it, you know, like, it's not what they kill. It's it's what they bring to the table. Because when people understand what they do, they move differently. They deploy differently. They see them once, even if they underestimate them. Like I've had, I don't know how many games I had. People like, oh, those things are trash. They watch what I do them the first turn, and next they start hiding their units a lot more, you know, farther back or or preventing their movement from not going as much as they would forward because they've seen how deadly they can be. 
Um, and sometimes they I would. didn't realize you know? they're only 120 and, points. That's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I'll roll two shots and miss both of them. Sometimes I'll roll six shots and hit with five of them. You know, it's just, it's, it's luck of the dice. But the fact that they have that chance to be that swingy, to be that game changing, <clears throat> and it could be four damage. So your three wound models with minus one damage are still getting one shotted. But usually they have like a five up invuln or something. Um, it's pretty big. I love them. They're, they're great. Unfortunately, the new list I'm looking at right now, um, I think I got to drop one, but we'll get into that, I guess, later. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into Brad's list. Brad, tell us what you took against Thomas, or what you took to ACO. I assume most people probably know if they looked at the internet, but let's walk us through it. Triple Succubus. Six units of racks with double liquefier, two units of grotesque with triple liquefier, six raiders, a unit of ten hellions, two units of witches at ten, a small unit of five, and then three, the, the obligatory three units of five incubi, and did all the pew pewing. Did all the pew pewing and the, the trading out basically. So the funny thing is, is our, our first game, both of us had literally the exact same battle plan. And the game, that game went down to a coin flip because literally Tom looked at the board and goes, I was going to take your objective the one turn, but I didn't think that I, I wanted to risk it. And that would have been a five point flip. And I only, I won that game by two points. So I would have lost by three if he would have grabbed that. Well, I also, we went and got drinks, and I was like, you know what? I went and got drinks. I was going to be aggressive. I think it was like turn three or four. <laughs> just take it to guarantee the win. Because at that point, if I had taken it, I killed enough as Raiders the first turn. I could have just won the game if dice didn't go bad on me. If And the way we went and had a drink, I was just, we were talking and we are walking back. And not that mean I'm talking our strategy, <clears throat> but I thought about it. If I go for the, the, the you know, gutsy play and guarantee the win, <clears throat> um, if I have a bad dice roll, which happens sometimes, um, I'm going to lose the game for sure at that point because I uh, make myself vulnerable to get that extra few inches. And if it f- you know fall and fly on my face, he's going to take 10 yards from me. So <laughs> I decided not to do it because at that point, at the way the game was going, uh, Brad, <clears throat> being a smart player he is, was just uh, playing cagey because he had a, he went uh, second that game. And then that, unfortunately, that board away was deployed. There was like, nowhere he could hide maybe i had two raiders so i like blew like four of them up turn one so he was just being super smart hiding his units getting there that if, if i wanted to come for him he knew he had a chance to make me pay and i was like you know what it doesn't really matter who wins this game we're gonna get as long as we score over 40 points which i was no point we, <laughs> we weren't going to we're both in so we just had fun game move miles around um and brad didn't get like you probably should have gone for that i was wondering why he did I was like oh, i was just Drinking and, I don't know, didn't want to be gutsy because who knows, like, the one time I go for it in front of everyone, I'm just going to fall flat on my face, uh, my face and look like an idiot. But <laughs> it, it, For clarification on the people that uh, maybe don't know how ACOs laid out, you know, the, it was six games, and then after the six games, there was a third day where the top eight did a single elimination bracket. So they played the final matchup, the game six, and when, they kind of, as he was talking, win or lose, both of them were in the top eight, basically. Yeah, yeah it didn't make any difference. Yeah, we were so we were far ahead, so battle far ahead in battle points. Yeah, it didn't make any difference. But the, the, the thing also, and I should probably mention this, Brad is such a smart player. Like, And in my opinion, I think he's one of the smartest players in 40K. Um, that, For example, we'll go to the, we went to a 52-man <laughs> RGT that we hosted. <laughs> he was playing in it. We end up in the final round against each other. And I and he didn't have his Jukari. He's playing uh, uh, Space Brains um, because he couldn't get his Jukari ready for the event. Um, 
or was that Kramer's house? I forget exactly. But so he's playing Space Marines. Unless he hasn't played in a while, and I'm literally just like leaf blowing him off those. If you guys, if anyone here played Fifth Edition, that 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 leaf blower list, I'm just blowing him off the table with models. And as I'm just joking around, having fun with him, and people come over talking or joking, I'm not paying attention to the game as much as I probably should have. And Brad's got like a third of my models, except I get to the last round, he's up like twenty something points. I'm like, whoa, what the hell? How'd this happen? He's like, well, unlike you, Tom, I'm actually good at the game, you know, because we do we, we <laughs> brand love each other for a week. I'm like, oh, you're right. So I had to sit there for like ten minutes, and I was turn four actually. Said I had to figure out how I can get points back in the game. I was like, you know what, dude? If I go for this this gutsy play when it doesn't really matter, I don't need to. And he just not only will he just punish me and probably kill my models, but then he'll pull this game so far out like it's not even gonna be funny because you you can't give Brad an inch, you can't because he'll take a mile every single time. Um, <clears throat> the second game though we played, uh, I can't say much about that game. That was just my fault, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> why don't we talk about? Why don't you start by telling us like what mission it was and what secondaries <laughs> both of y'all took? I mean, none of that had a factor in the game. If you want to be honest with it, I lost. I lost the game. My turn. Yeah, but turn we want to set. We want to at least set it up because we could. We'll, and then we'll talk about uh, basically when we go into the second part. We'll talk about the differences we could have done, and also the the list changes, possible list changes, and stuff like that. Gotcha. All right. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what was the mission, Brad? <clears throat> Do you remember? It was. I, I remember it was uh, uh, Donald War. So it was. It's Donald War. It was. Uh, it was surround. It was either scorched or surround. I can't remember which. We're playing Dawn of War. They're, ba- um, they're basically they the exact same mission. <laughs> hey, pause real fast. Pause. Oh, dang, freaking gummit. What are we at? 30 minutes? Okay. Um, sh- I don't know what's going on, but we're getting some kind of weird, like, you haven't paid for this month thing going on with our uh, squad cast. Give me two minutes. Same I'm going to call Nick and sort this out. All right. We're still recording, by the way, if you want to kill that. Yeah. All right, why don't y'all go ahead and tell us what mission y'all played and what secondaries. This is for game two. All right, uh, Brad, uh, remember the mission Scorched name? Scorched no? Earth. We played Scorched, Scorched Earth. Earth. I think we both took... Well, you, you for sure took the, uh, the the cool Dark Angels secondaries. That's what my list is built around. It's, no matter yeah. what I play, I always have that one. Death yeah, and we, I think we both took Engage, and then I don't know what your third was. Banners. Banners was my third one. Okay. How did you deploy based on that? Like, was that factoring into the game for you and all? Like, where where did that take you? Um, well, the train was <coughs> set up actually pretty well for the second or the third day. Um, that was one of the biggest complaints to those guys, like how the train was set up for the first three days. Like, in certain deployments, it was almost unplayable for armies that needed to hide as a chance. Um, and, and they really came out there before each game with each top player and they're like pre measuring stuff and showed us where they wanted it. Like, they set the tables up. So, uh, both of us deployed um, pretty passively. Uh, we both won a second turn. <clears throat> and both of us were pretty confident whoever got second turn was going to win the game. Um, because you had to go so hard to into the player that, that, that to do kind of dent. Or if you just sit back, you know, at that point, if, if you're going first and both players are sitting back, Second player just wins because then they're going to come out and get that 15 points at the end of the game. And that's all that matters, right? As long as you both can score your secondaries um, or not score your secondaries. So it's ever who flinches first. Um, so we both played pretty defensively, hit a lot of stuff. I had some of my stuff deployed in the open, which I wasn't afraid if he got shots. Um, frankly, I was hoping that he would come out and try to shoot at those squads um, if he got first turn. Um, and then Brad did his 
um, thing where you put uh, uh, a raider in reserve <coughs> and a couple of a squad walking on. Super smart. Um, uh, when you're playing Drukari, it's one of the, one of the mistakes I think a lot of Drukari players make when they don't utilize <coughs> um, reserves as well as they should. Because it's such a glass cannon army that like, like oh, I got to have everything. If I have something to shoot, no, you need things to come in turn two or turn three. To really flip that board and whatever whatever they collapse on a glass timer you can reinforce or help hammer on the other side even harder um so brad did a smart things there um he took engage the special cool jukari kill things one and uh i forget your third one brad no i don't know if i took banners or scramblers it took, it took <laughs> one i think no. you took scramblers that's what it was you took scramble i remember now and uh we roll off and i got first turn i was like oh cool <laughs> fantastic um so uh talking him joking around having a, a fun fun mentality towards the game um that's the cool thing about me and brad and a lot of other players i play at top are like there's never tense moments everything can be talked out we i don't think i had to call a judge over <coughs> a single one of my games for anything actually no we had to call a judge over one time for the first top eight match against the other dark angel player because he didn't he didn't believe me that uh how death in a wind worked so they had to come over and confirm that but uh um other than that, everything was pretty much talked out fun. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> looking at his list, uh, Brad has these little <clears throat> piece of papers he writes with what's in each raider. And um, get first turn. I look at the piece of papers, and I don't realize he has the two succubuses. So, he has, if you're looking from my, my perspective, on my right side behind terrain, I have majority of my army. And on my left side of a piece behind terrain, I had a... Command squad, a talent master, and a um, uh, vengeance. And if and from my perspective, on my right side and his deployment, he only has two raiders, and everything else is on the left side. So we're kind of like opposite corners of each other, almost almost you know um, symmetrical because the way they the way one side has little side, one side has more side. Um, so when I look at the piece of paper, <coughs> I didn't see he had the two succubuses written on the two raiders to the uh, right side by themselves. Because normally he doesn't do that, and I play against Brad so many times, I, I kind of know how he deploys. Um, so I was like, screw it. Like I either got to sit back and try to piecemeal him and probably lose the game because at that point he's going second and he's controlling the tempo. Or I can go for a really ballsy play, go up there, um, shoot up the raiders, Get one squad where we can shoot the squad if I can pick up the, <coughs> the witches. And then just got to try to eat a little bit of Jukari's charges against my entire star, which he's going to lose probably one and two overwatch. And then he's maybe, maybe kill a bike squad, I thought. Maybe. With one, one he could buy squad. Um, I go up there. I do the ballsy play. I move all my units up there. Set them up. Get all the rerolls. Blow up his raiders, no problem. Blow up a raider on the other side. And and then Brad's putting his models on the table, and he grabs the two succubuses. And I'm like, wait, where are those from? Those are there these two raiders over here. And I literally looked at him and said, okay, good game. And everyone's like, wait, what do you mean? Everyone's like shocked. Like, what do you mean good game? It's turn one. It's like, no, I didn't realize he's talking about I looked at the piece of paper. He had him written on there. I just didn't see it. It's also when I, they couldn't figure out why I also emergency disembarked the back one. Yeah. <laughs> They're well, like, what are the, you doing? I'm you like, want, I want, need the movement <laughs> to get up well, here. He has nothing yeah. left to shoot. Yeah. Well, I had a couple things left to shoot. It just didn't have the angle. Um, that's why he did it. Because if you came out just three inches, I would still had shots on him. He did the six inches. Take a chance of losing him on ones and twos, but he got him six inches behind the side of the wall where <clears throat> anything he had left to shoot couldn't see them. So he protected them. And I literally said, okay, the game's over at this point. I didn't realize the succubuses were there. 
I can't shoot him, even if I could shoot the squad, which technically, Brad, you didn't even have to do that, if you want to be honest with you. You could have just let me shot the witches. It wouldn't have made a difference because the two succubuses then came up because I'm not talking about because they're in too many squads. Um, and they literally will eat at least one attack by squad each. Um and when and and that's just a trade I can't make that early. I can't lose two of my attack bikes, um, maybe three with the incubi coming in there at the third squad. Like it just picks up too much stuff. And uh, well, uh, so Brad, you know, being the the generous and and, and gentleman gamer, he's like, well, let's just see if I roll low. I'm like, okay, cool, because I was ready just to give him the win right then and there, because uh, I can't pick him up. And me and Brad can go have drinks for two hours while waiting. Well, for the it, final you didn't match. even go with what happened though. So on the other side. I had uh, Fire and Faded up so I could kill one of the Terminators so he didn't have Bodyguard there. So I was able to kill the Talent Master. So literally... We actually actually messed that up, by the way. I didn't realize. Um, uh, I had a 2-up save against you, not a 3-up. So I actually didn't lose that guy in that that firing. I was going to tell you that later. I never got a chance to tell you. When I was taking 3-ups, I actually had 2-up saves because I I thought there were AP3 in the Flamers. I found out a couple days ago AP2. So we actually messed it up, <laughs> awesome. um, which doesn't matter. I mean, because I had to one-up with cover. Um, uh, I have a one-up naturally on cover. Uh, with a thunder, I'm sorry, I have one-up with thunder shield, storm shield, yeah. thunder storm shield, and then zero-up with the cover, which takes me back to two-up. So we messed that up. Because I, uh, I rolled two twos, re-rolled it, rolled into a one. It's like, okay, I lost this guy. Boom. Didn't even need to do that. I made both of the first saves. But anyways, even if we didn't mess it up, he collapsed the entire side. But even if you didn't do that, Brad, the game was over. You had, with a fourth of your army, a fourth of your army picked up my core of my army. Doesn't matter where I left on points. When you take away that bike squad, that's what kills all your raiders. And I only killed three of your six raiders at that point. And you still had Double racks in a raider, uh, the rack and the grotesque in a raider. So you have the movement to go around to just pick up what you want. I, I can't stop it. Um, so basically, the succubus come and jumped up on him. Is that what happened? So oh, yeah. once the they popped out, jumped they got around on him. And I, I, I sacrificed one unit. I threw the remnants of one of the units. He overwatches and kills them. And then I took the other unit uh, to pin the the rest of the bikes into the wall or the you know because he had to go on the board edge to get me. So I yeah. was able to basically pick up all the bikes and then I killed well, a speeder and a talent master and a terminator. Well, I could have, I, I could have hit and run out of it. Um, because I can score around. I have enough movement to get around him and still get back together at the end. But the point, the point is like, he picks up two attack bikes. He hurt Sammy really bad and, uh, picked up a talent master, one terminator and a vengeance on their side. But like, even the other side didn't collapse. He, Brad understands like my list. People don't understand. They look at it like, oh, okay. They just kind of just try to shoot things. Brad <laughs> knows that moves what it needs a starfish. Um, and a lot of times when I'm the way my movement is, he can like, well, I don't need to kill. Like, I can either go for these two attack bike squads over here, or go for this attack bike squad here more harder, which is in the reroll range and it's keeping the star together. Like, he knows the mechanic of it. So, um. He moved his equity. He moved his equity to remove. Um, I don't. I, <clears throat> the one squad he left alive wasn't in reroll range. Wasn't where I could put it back in Death Star Doctrine, so I wouldn't get the speed boost to turn two because he, he knew which ones to pick up. Um, I didn't have enough movement to get back in the game. Even and then right after that, the entire other side just collapsed. But at that point, I mean, I was I knew I lost the game even before that. So it just uh, it's really important when you're playing those games. Uh, mental fatigue comes into it. Um, also, drinking yeah. a lot. Probably shouldn't have done that. But um, 
pay attention and and um always ask questions uh always try to understand the, the opponent's army um and <clears throat> don't take things for granted um that's what i did would I you just, consider like, go ahead. would you consider this a bad matchup for you or is this kind of a neutral good matchup where do you where do you put this for you uh jukari yeah oh i i eat jukari um, Jukari, my list is literally built because I play against Brad so much, and in my opinion, I think he's probably, if not the best Jukari player in the country, definitely at the very least top three. I personally put him as a top Jukari player. I play against Brad a lot. Um, this list was literally built because me and Brad end up playing each other a lot in our local meadow. Yeah, this is this um, is literally the anti Jukari army that he built specifically yeah. for this. So yes, a hundred percent. Until ACO. Um, it was undefeated against Jukari. And people don't understand. Like I, I went, I played Jukari, I think eleven times in, in events before ACO, and it didn't even come close to losing. Um, our first game, um, I don't really count that because we played such a relaxed and just scoring points. We didn't really care who won that game at that point. And I know it's a bad thing to say. It's, it wasn't no collusion like that. We just both of us just played KG to guarantee we got in top eight. Yeah, um, we, and we neither, was just, little- neither one of us took a would. Took any it, risk is basically yes. so we just refuse to. I'm not going to engage because if basically either one of us engaged, you know, more than we needed to, and failed, all of a sudden you go from scoring a lot of points to scoring no, or you know, yeah. the opponent just collapses on you. So neither one of us wanted to take a risk. Yeah, you, you go for the risky yeah. play. If it fails, you're out of top eight. It's just it. Um, so neither of us wanted to commit to that. Um, and yeah, uh, you know we, we had judges and teals watching at the point, so everyone and everyone can once say they can they watched every decision we made, and so it was all legit, all fun. We just played a relaxed game, and 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 you know the, you see a lot of games like that where people's like I play against people all the time. Like, well, I don't really need to come here to point. I don't even need to interact with you to score max. I'm like, well, unfortunately for you, my list demands I interact with you. So one of us is gonna find out who wins this game. But uh, um. Our second game, I'm fully prepared to to go the full distance with Brad and, and duke it out and then play um, with a little, a little bit more serious intent, but still being very gentlemen with each other. And um, I think Brad knows, I'm so used to how he plays every way, Brad, being the player is, completely shook up his deployment. And without me asking questions, I got comfortable. Not asking questions, just assuming things. And he had it all written on the table, fair and square, legit. Um I, I went for the play that I would. I think Brad knows I would have went for that play because if he normally would have deployed in our first game, he deployed something similar, and I did it, and, and I wiped but, that, and I that got quarter punished, out. And I, yeah. I had to pull the first to see, game uh, out of my butt. That's the, that's the I'm whole excited thing. to see what second with the second uh, episode here with part two. We're gonna really dive into that episode and really think about <laughs> like uh, you know what what you would change and things like that. And I'm excited to see what you have to say on that. Um, when you sit down, Thomas, this is something a lot of our listeners have asked for. When you sit down and think about a game, think about a tournament, what went wrong, all the things that you could have done, would have done, how do you process that and how do you use it to improve on your game? Um, well, I, I look at the game, think about the options I made. I, I, I think about statistically, like I, I love statistics. I go in there very quick. I can think about things if I made, if I went too ballsy, if I didn't. Um, ask for my opponent for feedback as well. If, if, if the opponent's good, and I felt like I lost that opponent, not to anything. I was like, just bad luck, which I very rarely ever, ever blame bad luck. We talked earlier about, um, I believe I roll good, so I roll better than average most of the times. But there's sometimes where my dice have absolutely bricked out and have done absolutely horrendous. I've never once have ever gotten upset dice. Never once even made a comment like, oh, these dice suck. Don't, I don't need to do that. You know, it, it happens, you know. Were you putting um, negative energy out there whenever, uh, whenever you roll bad where you're like, these dice suck? <laughs> never. 
Um, in fact, I, I think if you looked at our stream a couple weeks ago, one of the players was like, hey, man, don't do that. Like, I, I was, like, trying to coach him through it and help him get back in the game because, um, for one, when you put that bad energy out there, I really think you affect your dice rolls. And it might be some kind of, like, weird mojo people, I think. But two, you get yourself in this negative mindset. You start to beat yourself. You're no longer losing to your opponent, you're losing to yourself. Like, um, we're playing two weeks ago on our stream. One of my buddies who I play with a lot is starting to get some bad dice rolls against me. And he starts talking about bad dice. He starts making these bad decisions. And I'm like, dude, like, that's a decision you normally wouldn't make. But you're so negative right now and you're so defeated. You're just moving things, right? You're just doing whatever. Once again, we talked about this earlier against Brad. My, I made that thing and I didn't get too much in my head. But at this point, I'm already talking about the game's over. And Brad is like, hey, man, let's just see how my dice go. I messed up my Terminator saves just because I'm like, okay, you just win. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I broke when I'm already. You got to get your mind right. Yeah, 100%. yeah, you got, you got to go with the right mindset. That's, that, I think that's, that's a, you know, that's a big piece of winning. You know, and, and that's what in anything in life. You know, if you go with a negative, negative mindset, you really get what you put out there. So I, I 100 agree with that. And, and and never, never get upset if you lose. You know, like it's a weird feeling. Like I, I was, I was played Brad um, about a month ago in RTT, and after mining Brad's game. Brad looked at me. He's like, "Man, it sucks to lose because you know Brad doesn't lose often." When when we, after our game, I was like, "Man, that's kind of weird for him to say that to me." You know, like, but okay, like I go with it. And then we play ACO. Like the first game, it didn't bother me. Whatever. We just, like I said, we didn't play that with the most hardest intent. We 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 played cages to get in the final because we knew either way we we're winning at that point. If we just played the, our our right game plan. Game after ACO, I was like, it was the first tournament game I've actually legitimately lost in a long time. And I was like, man. It made me back when Brad said, I was like, yeah, it does kind of suck to lose, but don't get upset about it. Don't get mad at it. I walked over and gave Brad, he's a friend of mine, I gave him a hug. I was like, congratulations, man. You kicked my ass for real. Like, yeah, I'm proud of it. Right I, 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 made, I made the quote of it sucks to lose, and then we went out and got drinks and food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that when Brad said that, but Brad did the same thing to me because, like, hey, Emmanuel, I think after that tournament, um, Brad Colors is there, you know, like, it's, he, he made a comment about like like years ago. So I, I was gone for, I, I played a hobby series for a while was gone for five years, come back only about a year and a half, two years ago. And my career this time around is wildly more successful than last time. I think for like the six years I played competitively before I quit, I made, I won maybe two events. Since I've been back, I won like 12 GTs. I won 12 of like 15 GTs I played in. And Brad been a big part of that, but Brad's helped change my mindset, be more positive. I'm way more outgoing, way more positive than I am now. And you know, after that game, he said, sucks to lose, but Brad's going to say, hey, I'm really proud of you. Like, you're 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 killing it now. You're really changing. You're changing, like, your persona. Like, Brad was happy for me. I don't mean to make it Brad was upset, but it was like, you know, I put it in because, and the reason I brought it up for Brad to that, and I thought that we all feel that way sometimes, but don't let it affect your overall, uh, you know, energy. But like, oh, yeah, it does kind of suck. But, hey, you know what? I'm still, I'm still happy for my friend. He did awesome. He did great. Or even if he's not your friend, if you're playing somebody you never met before in your first time, be happy for him. Make that friend. Um, I met Brad through 40K, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I practiced a lot with him, and I wouldn't be anywhere near as I, I am good <laughs> right now if I didn't have players like him around here that I can talk to, bounce ideas through, um, you know, uh, practice against. And it all happens when you make that good friend. So you never know. You're playing against somebody across the table, and they beat you. It doesn't mean you got to be mean or upset or angry. Congratulate them, shake their hand, give them a hug, whatever you want to do, and make that friend. And then you got someone you can practice with, bounce ideas yeah. through. Um, have that. That's, a, that's an energy. awesome sentiment, for sure, man. I 100 percent agree with that. That's great. Thanks for coming on the episode today, man. We I really love to hear your account of that that uh, game. I think you're, you're an excellent player. You're you just really have an awesome mindset. I love your positive energy you bring to the game. And um, before we before we leave before we leave the episode today, I do have we do a, a little Q and uh, A, and it's mostly for our War Room members. 
Um, the War Room is a Facebook group that's available to people to subscribe to on our website, theartofwar40k.com. Um, we have a couple of uh, questions today for you, Thomas. The first one comes from ID Dodds. He says, what is Thomas going to take in his new ad mech list? I think this is something we might want to say for part two, so take a listen to it. But do you have a brief, uh, a brief uh, short version for this? Did I mention in this podcast I was switching ad mech already? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I am switching ad mech. Um, uh, uh, real brief, um, Rangers, <laughs> Squad of Vanguard, Chicken Walkers, 100%. Some flyers, <clears throat> some characters. Uh, the Marshall is great. Um, I really think a lot of people, like, you see, like, Mark Hurdle is probably the top admic player right now. And a couple of the people that are like, Lucius, Lucius, Lucius. Don't get me wrong. Lucius is fantastic. <clears throat> Majority of my armies going to be Lucius. But to not think about bringing a small detachment of Mars shooting, and in my mind, is kind of silly. Like, the, what you can do with their shooting is insane. Um, I think running the core bricks as Lucius, get the, all the bonuses you can. You know, the, the uh, <clears throat> solar flare, fantastic. Putting a squad in deep strike. Fantastic. Backed up with a, a small patrol or uh, even a vanguard or spearhead of Mars is going to be really strong. Um, nice. I, I wanted to switch to Admech from an XGT, but um, I was crucified in my community on Reddit and a whole bunch of people for like abandoning Dark Angels um, so soon. And, and I everyone made me promise by them one more event. So my next GT I'm going to is going to be my last outing as Dark Angels. Um, yeah, your your swan song, perfect. Yeah, and then I'm going to go in full blown admech. Apparently, um, even though they're not my favorite faction, don't get me wrong, I like Dark Angels a lot. Black Templars are my my true love. Apparently, I'm the Dark Angel guy now, so they want me to play one more event. So you've been branded, man. Yeah, you're branded with it. Our uh, our second question comes from Fayetteville, Arkansas, right down the road from me. Woo, pig suey. It's coming from Ethan Holt. He says, "Where does Dark Angel? Where do you think Dark Angel lists are going to in the future to stay competitive?" I, I, I still think you're gonna you're not gonna be able to do the uh, brick anymore. There's too many armies that mess with the brick. Um, and what I learned, like it's super strong and very efficient for its points, until you get someone like Brad who who focuses on speed and maneuverability and just gonna play the mission outside of you. Like, um, and we played a couple games. With I Brad. think that. Go ahead. I think a lot of uh, a lot of this we are gonna touch into part two. I don't want to. Brad's about to yell at me that I'm stealing all, right. all this thunder. So I think, uh, well, let's save the rest of the rest of that question, Ethan, for part two on this episode. Because uh, 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 Ravenwing, then I'll give him a quick, short answer. Ravenwing is still still the key to the success of Dark Angels. Still fast. And our third and final question comes from a name that I love, Alex Rock Blake. He says, "Does he still see Dark Angel being a top three army in the potential Admech meta?" Ah, uh, yes, hundred percent. Um. Uh, maybe not top three, top five for sure. I, it'd be hard to say top three. I think Sisters, in my opinion, is the strongest codex in the game. If like three of my practice partners who I play with like multiple times a week weren't playing Sisters, I'd play, be playing Sisters over Admech. Um, I think Admech's going to be number two. Um, and then from there, it's debatable. Um, who's the, Maybe Drakari three still, I think. Um, but um, top five, I think so. It can still play with all the big dogs. It can still win against them. The only one that really scares me, in my honest opinion, is the Admech matchup. And in my opinion, it's like the reverse how I normally play with my Dark Angels. The two goes first. Um, because they have the speed to get the, the line of shots on your units, if you, unless you have fantastic terrain. Um, but you also have the speed to kill their chicken walkers. And those chicken walkers at math, you know, the board range at D3 plus 3 damage, they're going to be picking up a, a bike for every failed invul. So, um, with a 
crap ton of shooting, hitting on twos, rerolling ones, wounding on threes, rerolling ones. Like it's a scary, scary matchup for Dark Angels. But at the same time, a lot of people ain't talking about it. It's also a scary match for Admech. You don't go first and you have nine attack bikes breathing down your neck, killing all your chicken walkers, shooting bolters into your your rangers or blocks that are full rerolls um, that you don't have transhuman on yet. And Talon Masters picking up bricks and stuff like that. Like it could be the, the, the firepower on that list is people underestimate it drastically. And I, I still think for those Raven players out there who um, want to have a chance of winning, still, you still absolutely have the shot. I still love the list a lot. It's been one of my favorite lists I've ever piloted. The only reason why I don't want to play them for future GTs until Admech gets settled down is I don't like the coin flip against Admech, who I think is going to be one of the most popular lists out there. I feel like I'm going to, if, if I'm playing at a top level and I'm trying to win a, another major, I'm going to play at least two Admechs, in my opinion. And mathematically, I'm going to fail one of those coin flips and go second. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Thomas. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks, as always, Brad. Um, make sure to check out all of Art of War's other podcasts. We have the Art of War Down Under. We have Art of War Vanilla, as I like to call it. Join Tim Penny and John Lennon as they talk about strategy. And the late and great Adam Camilleri, late because he's late to events, with Down Under. And also make sure to check out theartofwar40k.com. We have coaching services. We have our podcast listed on there. We have the War Room, which you can subscribe to and ask us questions preemptively on our episodes for our Q&A. Or if you have any questions, concerns, or any questions for the podcast, email me at blake at theartofwar40k.com. Make sure to join us for tar- part two coming up shortly. Thanks I, for listening. Hey, I'd like to do one plug before you end. Oh, absolutely. Um, Go right ahead. I got like, uh, there's like four or five DOG teams now. There's like 40 of us. We're all about fun and friends. But every time someone comes to me and they want like coaching and, and knowledge, you can ask Brad now. I always send them Brad's way because Brad is a fantastic knowledge. And a lot of people don't realize like when you have somebody who has that much knowledge, that's who you want to talk to. Um, there's times when even, you know, I think I've won lots of GTs this year. Even sometimes I'll hit up Brad like, hey, I'm playing this, this army with this army at this mission. What do you think? And Brad can give me three secondaries right off the top of his head. So it's absolutely worth it. Great way of getting some good knowledge in there. I highly recommend Brad as a coach. Um, fantastic. I think he's probably the best coach I've ever seen in 40K. Not just trying to plug my friend, being honestly sincere about that. Thank you. That's life, that's great. Coach, and it's always baby. good to hear that. Thanks. And uh, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, be sure to check out part two and we'll see you then. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.